you from New Richmond to Somerset, Wisconsin. This is Phomology. I am one of the co-hosts of the, co-hosts of the show, Johnny G, and I'm joined with... Uh, Megan Hampson. And one website for me. <laughs> and Nick in the Average Man Review. Andy Tiedemann, and I will make something up next time. Okay. Tyler Ruzan, follower of film. On today's show, we're going to be taking a look at some movie news, taking a look at the new Pixar Disney film, Finding Dory, taking a look at the uh, first film that we did in our poll... Uh, movie Madness thing uh, Fight Club Our top five is going to be Top five Pixar movie moments Before we got uh, jump into film news here We're going to talk about uh, Anton Yelchin quick Who uh, had a car collision Car accident I'm not sure what they're labeling it is uh, But he passed away Sunday So yesterday uh, In the AM And uh, I was shocked by it. I mean, I love Anton Yelchin. I've loved him since Star Trek, since like crazy. I thought he was fantastic in Green Room. And I was uh, shocked that yet another person is gone in uh, 2016 here. We keep losing people left and right, it seems. And it's another tragic loss for the industry. Live long and prosper. Yeah, honestly, this one was really tragic, too, because we lost plenty of, you know, famous actors and actresses to, like, issues of depression, like Robin Williams and drugs with Philip Seymour Hoffman. But this really was a freak accident, which is probably due to a, a car default. And it's it's weird to lose someone not to their own personal demons, but just to freak accidents, which is, you know, bizarre. And when they're so young, he's 27, he was 27 years old, you know, there was so Just much starting more his time career. for him to potentially do so many more great things that to lose him at 27 in a freak accident, it's just, it's rough. I mean, he was going to be working on directing a project uh, coming up this summer. He had plenty of movies still lined up and... It's just upsetting that you're never going to be able to see uh, what he had coming for him. So, yeah. Andy, nothing. 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 Heartless. You guys, you guys <laughs> love it. Heartless. <laughs> you can't leave me for last and then call me heartless. <laughs> Jonathan hugged all the, the big room. I did. I'm sorry. I, I, he's, I've been a big fan of Anton Yelchin for a long time. So. Right night. Oh, he's actually really good in that movie. Yeah, I forgot about that. Charlie Bartlett. I think yeah. that was the first time I saw him and actually recognized who he was. I think he's in The Beaver. Yep, yes. he's in The Beaver. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to move on to film news now. Megan's going to start us off with film news. Oh, my film news is that Sony Pictures Animation has released their list of projects for 2017 and 18, and we have a whole lot of crap, for lack of a better word. The thing that they are highlighting and that they seem to be most proud of is emoji movie. Express yourself. We've seen a lot of really terrible animation lately, and this just my I I can't express how terrible I think this is going to. End I feel up. like Their the whole list of things just looks awful. I feel like the emoji for that emoji movie would be the poop. Yes. <laughs> the poop emoji. With the, the poop emoji. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> that. 
Or I'm yeah. sorry, the chocolate pudding or whatever it it's is. Poop. It's poop. We all know what it is. You know what you meant? It's poop. <laughs> and uh, honestly, the, they made pixels, so they probably had the rights to Pac-Man, so this could be a bunch of animated Pac-Man running around with yeah. different faces. That's all it's going to be. Yeah. The rest of the Starring Adam Sandler, of course. Movie oh, out of Adam emojis. I don't know. We're gonna have to suffer it, through it. And it's see gonna it. be the cheap version. Isn't there also gonna be like out. a Tetris no, movie okay. from Sony? You know what? It's not through. It's the gonna same be a book in hieroglyphics. <laughs> That's what it'll be. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, to round out the rest of their things, um, they've got Smurfs: The Lost Village, oh, The God. Star, which is a nativity movie about a donkey, Hotel Transylvania <laughs> Three, and an unnamed animated Spider-Man movie. And then three TV shows. For the record, the Smurfs is a new reboot. It's not a continuation of their last two movies. And Neil Patrick Harris. Well, that should be a, that should be a good thing for him. Yeah. And for, for, for the the star, the movie about the donkey with the nativity, the small one, nineteen eighties Don Bluth Disney short. Anybody? No. No. Nope. You're looking at me. Okay. Well, it's a great Don Bluth animated short. Go check it out. When you mentioned story about a donkey, I thought of that. I can't remember the name of the movie, and I haven't yeah, seen yet. The but the uh, Robert Bresson, the movie he made about a donkey that just gets passed from owner to owner and gets treated terribly, and the whole movie just focuses on a donkey. Donkey. I can't remember the name. I feel bad. Someone will. <laughs> Someone will let Tyler know. Let me know what the name of it is. I've seen the pig. I can see the album, the, the cover art. But yeah, donkey movie from the fifties. <laughs> That's what that means. Nick, you're up. My news is: Could we have the return of Yoda in Episode Eight? <gasps> bum bum bum. Possibly. Uh, Frank Oz, who is the voice of Yoda and also the puppet of Yoda, um, he traveled to the set in the UK for Star Wars Episode Eight. So that'd be interesting. I'm not sure he how does a they lot would of stuff though. Like, That's true. He, he does did a ton of stuff on the original trilogy. That's true, but he's most well known for Yoda. Definitely. So we'll see. I don't know what they would be doing if it's maybe just like flashbacks or something. Well, he did record. Or he did record new lines for The Force Awakens that yeah. wasn't used, but yeah. he did do stuff. Yeah. Or so it'd be interesting. Could, they could be playing on the fact that we live in such a world that we know when Frank Oz travels to the set <laughs> and they're just bringing him in for fun. Yeah, he's not. Actually they're just doing, doing it to just, just mess with us. To do the Mark they're like, hey, you just want to hang out with us? Yeah, yeah. okay. Mark Hamill just flew him in to hang out. Mm-hmm. He would. <laughs> we'll make the nerds go crazy for a while. <laughs> Rumors. <laughs> no proof. All right, Andy. Oh, okay. Mine is um, the, well, two parts, actually. They released a new poster for the Suicide Squad. Um, and I, I have it up right now um, for those of you who haven't seen it yet. I think it looks great. Ooh. I think it looks super cool. Um, it's very punky, which fits with the like the whole theme of the movie, it seems. Um, the playlist I'm not quite as hot on, but if they do it right, it will be oh, pretty let me, good. Let me get this. Um, it is Purple, Lamb- Purple Lamborghini um, by Skrillex and Rick Ross. Okay. Sucker for Pain, um, Lil Wayne, Wiz Khalifa, and the Magic Dragons. <laughs> Heathens by the 21 Pilots. Standing in the Rain featuring Mark Ronson, um, Action Bronson, and Dan Auer- Auerbach. Gangsta. Gangsta by Kalani. <laughs> Um, no better, Kevin Gates. You don't own me, Grace. <laughs> Without me, Eminem. Wreak Havoc, Skylar Gray. Medieval Warfare, Grimes. Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, Panic at the Disco version. Um, Slipping into Darkness, War, 
Fortunate Son, um, Revival, and then I started a joke. Um, if they do it well and time it correctly, it won't. It could be pretty good. Um, but I was hoping for more '80s pop. That's definitely yeah. not '80s pop. No, well, I mean, it has. Skrillex it has, could not be considered. I know one of those songs. <laughs> you know the <laughs> version of one of those. Yes, songs? that's correct. You know, Fortunate Son. Oh, you probably do. It's yeah, it's in Forrest Gump. Yeah, and I know it, but I no, just I, don't. I started a joke that was in one of the trailers, and that's been in other movies before too. Yeah, it's in. It's well, in the, the well, not. did they did they finish the joke? No, no, they no didn't. he just started. They it. just started crying. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Gotcha. Well, the whole whole world started crying. But, um, yeah. As everyone here knows, I'm unbelievably excited for this movie. Um, but everything I keep hearing about it that's new just keeps lowering my expectations. Um, all the visuals on it seem really cool. Like, uh, this poster's awesome, and I actually really want it, even if the movie's terrible. I don't want to burst your bubble, but I've been seeing that poster for a few weeks. I'm pretty yeah, sure I know. at the theater. The, so they're, the I mean, poster's not new, okay. but it's just, it's the album they're using for, it's... it's That's the, what they're using for the album for the artwork? Album. Okay. And, I, I mean, I, I have seen it around, okay. but... What does everybody think about the playlist? Um, I'm excited about the 21 Pilots. I like those guys. I mean, I like most of the artists that are there. I don't know how I feel about some of them working together, but we'll have to wait and see what happens with that, I guess. I think it should be interesting because a lot of those bands and artists are more, like, edgy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that's what the Suicide Squad is. They're not, like, a traditional superhero group. Mm -hmm. So I feel like something edgy almost... They're not heroes. Yeah. So something more edgy, naughty kind of more bad I guess instead of like a more traditional type music I feel I, I, I feel I feel like it'll fit them well so it fits well with the movie for sure yeah I think so too we'll we'll see if they can balance the classic music with the modern music because I know Guardians well, there, of the Galaxy there's pulled only the classic one music. classic song in there well no there's well the there's the Queen three. song but aren't there a few um, other no, ones not, that are Queen's Clearwater's older? Though. It's not Queen. But it's 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 a remake of War, War is an older an older song. Fortunate Son is also an older song, I believe. Yep. Although the way it yeah okay yeah. Eminem's old now, right? That's yeah, but that's well, without me is from 2000, 2001, So we're looking at fifteen, sixteen years. So. Yeah, I mean classic status. Not Cla- quite that bad. We're not, not that old. <laughs> it's not classic. It's not like uh, classic rock old, but it's probably. It could be considered classic rap. Crap, you mean? Hey. Class- hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. I actually like rap, so let's calm down. I don't I don't care. Shut up and what's your news? <laughs> John's gonna stay quiet on the point. Uh, my news is that we have a new trailer for the HBO series Westworld that just dropped today, and it looks fantastic. Um, it's being I think it's Directed and produced by J.J. Abrams and Jonathan Nolan. Uh, for those not familiar, J.J. Abrams does everything. Did Star Wars and Star Trek. And Jonathan Nolan is Chris Nolan's brother who has written most of the films that he's directed. So Inception, Interstellar, and the Batman films. I think all three. But uh, the trailer looks fantastic. It looks like it's going to be one of those really bizarre interesting shows and HBO cranks out good shows all the time but this should be a particularly interesting I have one not seen a bad HBO show yet wait till you see this trailer <laughs> it's essentially the premise is like some sort of virtual reality western world <coughs> that has a mixture of actual humans and cyborgs okay. and the the trailer 
kind of shows scenes of the Western world, but also the really high-tech facility where they are creating this world. And it looks very, very interesting, and I'm excited. Uh, I'm very excited. I'm trying not to watch the trailer because that's just a normal me thing. But uh, I've been excited for this for a long time. It got put on hold for a while because of script issues, I think. But now it's finally coming out, so excited. I don't dislike anything that HBO does, yeah. so I'm sure I'll love it. Yeah, I, I like I like it. the Hobo Station, so there's, yeah. there's should be gotta good. be something bad from HBO, but I haven't found it yet. You'd probably have to dig really far back. Did Keep looking. Did vinyl come out from HBO? I have no idea. No, I think vinyl's FX. Well, well maybe it's HBO actually. I'm, I, haven't I, I haven't seen it, but I know it was... We <clears throat> have the internet. I do. I didn't hear Look that was that bad. I haven't seen it. I'm going to move on with my news story while Megan looks that up. Um, uh, mine is about the Warcraft movie with the box office. It is now the most successful video game movie of all time. It beat out uh, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. There. However, Nick, the movie did have a 73% drop here at the domestic box office. Good. Yes, but China loves it. But China loves it. Seventy uh, over. Let's see here. Seventy-five percent of the box office for uh, Warcraft, which has now made three hundred and seventy-seven million. Oh my god! Seventy-five percent. Seventy-five percent of that, that movie. There's no reason it should have made that. I Man, come on, China. Movie. Do you realize how many people are in China? China, you're better than that. No, China is not. China is not hey, better hey, than hey. more than that. This is exactly. <laughs> the type of movie that would appeal to that market it really based would, on their love of the video game series. Yep. And it appealed to me, apparently, because I gave it a see it. So, you gave it a see it? I, I did. I gave it a see it. I would have given it a let it frickin' burn. I know. I saw okay. it. <laughs> we all it. agree the movie deserves more than a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. No. Yes, no. no. Nick okay. hates that movie. No, no, no. Week, okay. So, in my review, I originally gave it a 1. <laughs> oh, and then I I gave it a 1 out of 10. Oh, geez. I gave it a okay. 1 out of 10. Not that bad. I despised it. It's not that bad. And then I was like, and I was like, okay. Wait, I'm pretty sure I gave Fantastic Four Stick a two, and this is not quite as bad as that. So why did you give it a three? So, no, I gave it. I gave it a two. I'm like, it is along that lines of crappy. Not that bad. It is awful. I despised no. it. Anyway, it had some good elements. Nothing. <laughs> We've reviewed it already. We don't need to go into it now. I kind of want to tear it in Nick, but we'll, 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 yeah, yeah. I, 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 we will talk about this later because I do want to we'll talk about it. Tune in last now. time. Um, all right, that's gonna be it for film news here. We're gonna be moving into our review of Finding Dory. So here is the trailer for Finding Dory. Did you hear that? What was that? You're what? Stan, I just, I heard someone say hello. Yeah, there's a lot of fish here. Anybody, literally anybody could have just said hello. hello. There. Where am I looking? There. Oh. Hi, I'm Dory. Yeah, well, where are your parents? Hi, I've lost my family. Where did you see them last? I forgot. I was looking for something and I... Okay, totally get it. Date night. I suffer from short-term memory loss. It runs in my family. At least I think it does. Where are they? Dory, there you are! Guys. Look out! Ah. Oh, look at this. Our friend got taken into whatever this place is. It's a fish hospital. I feel fantastic! The friendly but forgettable blue tang fish. Forgettable or forgetful? 
friendly but forgetful. Did I say forgetful? What did I say? Dory's not forgetful. <laughs> I remember Dory. I did not oh, care for her Dory. as a character. She was quite forgettable. I apologize. That might be tipping my hat a little bit towards this movie. Um, <laughs> the friendly Megan, but you're forgetful up. blue tang fish reunites with her loved ones, and everyone learns a few new things about the real meaning of family along the way. It's okay, That's Jonathan. Our, it happens to the best of us. Provided <laughs> summary of Finding Dory, Pixar's great latest. Uh, not the greatest. I but no, not the greatest. So tell latest me venture into uh, sequels because we can't get enough of those nowadays. I think we should go around quick and just state your thoughts on the first film, uh, Finding Nemo, that came out back in 2003. Because I think a lot of your love or dislike for Finding Dory is going to rest on how you feel about that first film. I liked Finding Nemo. There, I mean, there's a lot of it that's cute and it's quotable and I can still chuckle at it. But is it the greatest Pixar movie ever made? No. I really liked it. I don't know if it would make my top five or anything. But it's definitely a very solid movie. Uh, a lot of, a lot of good humor, good plot, good characters. It's a very well-rounded movie, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, it's really, really, really good. But it's not the best. I totally agree. Um, it has some of my favorite lines from Pixar movies, but it, that doesn't make it one of the best Pixar movies. Yes, it's quotable. Maybe I'm the highest on this movie, but I honestly think that it's, it's in the top one quarter of Pixar movies. I think it's honestly one of the most Disney classic type films that, you know, maybe it doesn't take too many risks in what it does, but it has a very important message about family and it tells its story in a very entertaining and comical way. And I think it's definitely one of Pixar's best, not their best, but definitely up there. And I remember Finding Nemo very well. I love the movie. But it was one of those first movies I remember being overplayed constantly. Yes. Every single day at school, when there was a rainy day, we couldn't do something, put on Finding Nemo. And I began to hate that movie because it was overplayed about once a week. I we already found him. Stop. We know where he is. <laughs> I think that this is... I missed out on all that because I'm a few years older than you guys, so I was out of the phase of school where they showed us movies on rainy days, so I didn't have to deal oh. with that. Just a, a quick disclaimer I found out a couple months back. It is illegal to show Disney movies in your classroom. It's illegal to do anything with Disney anything anywhere ever. Is it well, really? You, you can show films in a classroom in an educational setting, but not Disney. Disney yes. does not approve any of that, but people still do it, and they haven't been any lawsuits that I've heard of, but I was informed that by someone. Well, Tyler, you better watch it, because now Disney's watching you. Yeah, because because Disney, Disney would really want that over over their heads. Disney, you're suing it as you're suing a school because they they're no watching. Disney well, yeah. don't no care, Nick. They wouldn't do that. Be a, be, no, they would. Disney, <laughs> Disney would put a. They would not sue a school. I don't think. No, I don't think that's. I, I agree with you. Two year old in prison for stealing their material. <laughs> you illegally a downloaded this. Accidentally hit download. They wouldn't do that. Yeah, I've also heard they're the biggest ones to crack down on. On illegal downloading, like they really do find you if you try to download a Disney movie. Yes, they do, and I do not. And I do not know that from experience. This this new film, uh, once again directed by Andrew Stanton. Once again directed by Andrew Stanton and Angus McLean. I I think the movie is okay. I wasn't like in love with it. The you can't. 
for me, you can't make animation movies, especially from Pixar anymore, and say the animation's good enough for seeing this movie. I mean, we, we've come so far from Toy Story 1 and A Bug's Life, which I watched the other night, and the animation on those look like crap, but the stories on those I thought were better than this movie for, for Finding Dory. <laughs> so the new characters I wasn't overly impressed with. Having the, uh, some of the older characters in there for cameo appearances I thought was unneeded. They were really hitting all of the best moments from Finding Nemo right at the beginning of the movie, and I wasn't a fan of that. But at the end of the day, I, I do like Dory and Marlin enough that I can say this movie's worth seeing. Just don't go when there's a bunch of kids in your theater who are brats who pull on your hair and kick your seat because they did that to you me. Pulled your hair? The oh, there's three-year-olds <laughs> behind us. I mean, to be fair, you do have some luscious locks. John, so. what you should do is stand up and punch it. I want right it. in the mouth. It's right in the ground and hold it. No, and it stopped. <laughs> you just let it keep happening. That's that <laughs> m- m- Midwest. Secret Secretly, he enjoyed it. <laughs> Secretly, was, he enjoyed that. So I'm not really sure which one was doing it. I was just upset. Parents don't take your kids to movies if they're going to not watch it. Don't waste they your money. kids. Well, don't waste your money. That's my problem. Yeah. yeah they had um, like six kids there with them. Eva and I went to see it, and then I saw the kids in the lobby, and I was like, screw this. Eva, we're going to Central Intelligence. I'll mm-hmm. see it later. <laughs> we'll go to a night showing. Yep. 9.30 at night on a Tuesday. Wednesday, no children. Megan, what were your thoughts on Finding Dory? Um, it was, it was okay. I was, I don't know. I wasn't really optimistic for this in the first place because it's a sequel to Finding Nemo, and I, like I said earlier, Finding Nemo was fine. I didn't need a sequel about Dory, but this was tolerable. I, I laughed a few times, and at least we know that Dory's not crazy. Which, you know, good chunks of Finding Nemo. She seems like she could just be nuts. Could be. And, you know, we get a little more explanation, which is nice, but wasn't necessary by any stretch of the imagination. I would like to point out while she's saying all of this, there's a moment in the film that tries to pull at your heartstrings, and it worked. And it worked for Megan. I sat there and I'm like, okay. why are all these kids crying and why is Megan crying? What's going on? See, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't cry for eyes. that part. This movie didn't affect me quite as much, but I think Tiffany did. I can't Pretty sure help she was it. crying a few times. I come by it honestly. My dad cries at everything. Nick, what are your thoughts? Oh, <laughs> he hasn't wait. seen it. I'm sorry, I made, a, I made a promise to a very special somebody that I wouldn't see it. Without her, now you're the new. And me. we Not didn't have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't have a chance. But this thir- this Thursday, I am definitely going to see this. We have um, plans. My thoughts pretty much lie in the same with Megan's, except I was um, actually pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, I was expecting it to actually just be incredibly irritating because I didn't think Dory was going to be able to make a good lead character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought I loved Dory in Finding Nemo. But I thought just her personality was going to be way too much as the main focus of a movie. And I was really pleasantly surprised by it. Um, I didn't find myself really getting annoyed with her like I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the pacing in it was fast, was really fast, so I was never really bored. Right, um, we go through a lot of things quickly, which yeah. makes it seem like it's going well, I mean, it's a kid's movie. It makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I, I think, it's definitely a see it for me. Um, it's fast-paced for kids. Um, they'll be able to pay attention. The animation looks good. And honestly, it's 
it's smart and fun enough that parents can enjoy it too. So definitely see it in theaters. It's good. All right. And for, for me, I, I personally enjoyed it. I know I wasn't excited going into it. And after seeing Zootopia, I was just like, the animated king of the year has already been decided. So I don't need to worry about whether this will be good you or not. Just wait. For. I don't know. Actually, that new Disney one coming out looks pretty interesting. The Little Prince is also coming out still. So I guess a few more. But uh, overall, I was. I'm very excited for the Little Prince. By the way, August. Okay. Very excited. August. Sorry, I just had to chip that in. August, we'll be talking about very it. Very excited. August. Okay. Two more months. But uh, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by it, as Andy was. I enjoyed it for what it was. It did feel a little bit emotionally manipulative. Maybe that's been because I've been seeing. I don't see Disney movies enough, but they did feel like they were really, like, not just tugging at your heartstrings, but they had, like, a rope around it, and they were just yanking real hard. But you said Zootopia is a Disney movie, and that doesn't tug at your heartstrings like this one does. It doesn't, no. It's, it's, It's not really trying to get your emotions by putting out the cutest fish possible or trying to really heighten those dramatic scenes. But... You know, honestly, I, I enjoyed most of the new characters. Um, there's the octopus character. I can't remember his name now. His name is Hank. Hank. <laughs> Hank the octopus was a, a fairly fun character. <laughs> Septopus. Oh, yeah. But no, I enjoyed him as a character. Um, and the, the two whale characters were also very good. I, I did find some issues with the the last section of the movie. It did, like, not, not to say like a movie like Fighting Dory should be a realistic movie because it's about talking fish that jump around and such and octopuses that can camouflage instantaneously but I thought it got a little bit too unrealistic at the end like there was there's a scene with a van that is very reminiscent of Over the Hedge which is a a DreamWorks kind of more (laughs) pop culture heavy animated film and I really got strong vibes for that movie and that kind of really made this movie come off to me as definitely not a Disney classic but Still, a, still a fun Disney Tyler, movie. I'll be sure to get Terrence Malick on the next. You, you better. <laughs> I want nothing but nonstop narration and visual imagery for two and a half hours. But uh, overall, you know, I think it's a better sequel than Cars Two in terms of Pixar sequels. Definitely not up to the Toy Story John, levels. I'm guessing you agreed. And I, I think The Incredibles Two will actually be a bit better you look like than you're about to this one. Not but thinking about Cars Two. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Cars Two. I uh... don't you love Larry the Cable Guy though? No, I don't. <laughs> hey, I I don't mind Larry. Have you ever watched any of Larry Mater. the Cable Guy's stand up? Uh, the Blue Collar Comedy Tour, I think. <laughs> a while. That was a while, long time. A long time. No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't hate him. Yeah. I just hated excellent them. comedy movies that he's come out with as solo for what? Delta farce <laughs> no. jingle all the way there's to a, oh, that's a, the one oh specter one i think <laughs> all right um for, for, for my quick last thoughts on finding dory it's not a it's not anywhere close to being a bad sequel it's a very good sequel but like tyler, like tyler said that the third act once it reaches the emotional payoff for the movie you're just waiting for the movie to be over at least i was i wasn't really on the edge of my seat, wondering what was going to happen. I know what's going to happen. They're not going to go more. Du- they're not going to go darker with the movie than they could. And everyone gets eaten by Bruce the shark at the end. Oh, that would have that would have been, that would have been great. Sure. Well, 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 no, but, but no, but, but no, but go back to relapse. But go back to the first Finding Dory. Uh, finding Dory. First Finding Nemo. If you go back to Finding <laughs> Nemo, this first scene where the barracuda eats all of the eggs and kills coral. That's a that's a dark tone to. To start the movie off on. Pixar this, doesn't mind going dark. But they did for this movie and for yeah. the cars. They like to open their movie with dark, dark yes, points. They like to get but yeah. Up. Brighter as they go. 
Yes. Okay. And point being, I'm giving this this movie a see it. It should still be seen. I'm just a little lukewarm right now on Pixar. The Good Dinosaur didn't do anything for me, and this one, it's better than The Good Dinosaur, but still. So this movie, uh, see it. Uh, mine was also a see it, but I would like to add that I know I saw it and I didn't get to read all of it, but there was someone's review up the other day that was disappointed in the fact that Pixar didn't take the opportunity to actually like delve into Dory's memory loss and like the consequences of that. Like we see her swimming around and you know meeting people that she's worked or that she's met before and you know whatever. And um, there's a group out there that's looking for a little deeper than what we got instead of oh it turned out okay. Well, a- after Zootopia, well, we can hope for more, but will yeah. we get it? Nah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll give it a seat as well. Oh. All right, guys, I'm convinced. See I'll see it. You better see it. Can, can <laughs> I ask you? Yeah, thank you. I, I, was, I wasn't was, sure. Was anyone a little bit taken aback by Gerald the Sea Lion and their treatment of him? I was. I, really I was not So I was, like, Ooh. making a bad move for a joke. Yep. It wasn't. You'll it seemed like a DreamWorks joke. Like, we were talking about DreamWorks. Yeah. And, and Becky, too. The two and Becky, of them. too. Gerald and Becky. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was just well, I guess. I guess, I guess of yeah. Let's let people see it, but yeah, in, okay. in a way, it's almost like they're 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 being mean to characters, yeah. and that's not usually Pixar's thing. No, no they, it's... They, they try to morally bring it around, but they don't totally do it. No, they're being very mean. It's not even like a, kind of like a nudge. It's just a flat out. They're they're mean to Gerald. They bully Gerald. But they they get they get some repercussions at the end though. Minor the flying fish. <laughs> All right. Okay. Anyway. Let's move on to okay. Club. All right. We're gonna move on to Fight Club. We're gonna play the old old trailer here for Fight Club. So here's the trailer for Fight you Club. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Why? How much can you know about yourself? If you've never been in a fight. Wait. Let me start earlier. Like many of you, I was stuck. You want me to deprioritize my current reports yeah. until you advise of a status upgrade? Make these your primary action items. I couldn't sleep. No, you can't die from insomnia. I'd flip through catalogs and wonder, what kind of dining set defines me as a person? This is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I prayed for a different life. Soap. I make and I sell soap. And this is how I met Tyler Durden. Come on, hit me before I lose my nerve. Okay. Ow! You hit me in the ear! It was on the tip of everyone's tongue. Can I be next? We just gave it a name. Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. The first rule of Fight Club is... Wow, nice. You do not talk about Fight Club. Is that your blood? I, I just want to start out really quick. I put in my Blu-ray for this movie. I have the 10th... <laughs> the tenth. Never, yep, and then what did it do? The, the, they told me it's never like never been kissed oh. or something like that. And I'm like, I've never watched this Blu-ray. I paid for this Blu-ray. <laughs> what is what is going on? Because, because it, was, it, was, it was there long enough that I was like, okay, I might have a problem with my disc. And I'm like... The other thing that he was thrown off by is that when we watch it, or our Blu-ray player is the PlayStation 3. So it, you know, shows you your options in the menu, and it shows you usually, like, the cover art for the disc or for the poster or whatever. And this one is the um, in-flight, like, what to do in case you're sick during your flight. That's what the picture <laughs> shows up as. And he's just like, I don't know what this is. Fight what is Club is a total here? troll. 
So, John, do you, you know the, the backstory behind the Never Never Been Kissed? And is this how David Fincher had to sell the movie to people? Or no, no, tell me. Uh, Fight Club lost the box office Never Been oh. Kissed when it was released. <laughs> so, so that, that was David Fincher making a fun joke there. Okay. A great oh. joke. All right, let's get into reviews. Fight Club is amazing. I love it. Yes. If you haven't seen it, see it. Um, yes. It should be the archetype for how a movie twist should go. Because um, I don't know about you guys, but I really did not see it coming until the reveal. And then as soon as it was revealed, I Sh- was like... Should we talk about no. the reveal? Uh, no, no, I think... I think well, I knew about the reveal before I saw it. I think the reveal is... How's this? Oh, I'm John. Control. I saw it. <laughs> no, I didn't... Uh, we'll skip ahead... Five minutes. Yeah. No, I I did not (laughs) expect um, that Tyler Durden and the narrator are the same person. But then as soon as it's revealed, thinking back at the movie, it makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. It does. Hints are all over the place, but they're subtle enough where it doesn't make it obvious. Well, you actually see Tyler Durgan uh, before he shows up on yep. the plane. So it's, yeah, which I was paying attention to this you time. you see him four times? Uh, yep. There, there's a few clips into just frames, and there's yep. also the one scene. There's like two scenes he pops up in. When he's a waiter. Yep. yep. And yep. on... In the airport, yeah. And then there was a something that neither Tyler and I have noticed, and we've both seen the movie. Oh yes, dozens of times. Over a dozen times. <laughs> um, and at the beginning, when uh, the narrator is trying to get sleeping pills, he says that he falls asleep randomly and he can't remember, like doesn't ends up in places that he's yeah. never been before. Doesn't remember how he got there. Mm-hmm. And that was a really subtle hint that I actually haven't noticed before. There's there. Oh, I don't think I ever. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, this is clever. from a person who's watched the movie probably 20 <laughs> times and can quote almost every line. Huh. What, what makes this movie so fantastic, especially with its twist, is that it gives you all the hints leading up. It's not like a now you see me movie. Tyler. Where all it does is <laughs> drop something dead on horse. you. You've no already hints. killed the horse. Fine. Fine. The horse is dead. But now you see me. <laughs> Terrible. But no, the, the movie drops plenty of hints throughout. And that's what you should do if you want to have a twist in a movie is you need to leave hints that aren't too clear. So you're not just slapping him in the face with exposition. He's so mad about I don't like that movie. We know. So you didn't hear his Apparently review. I missed a no. good episode the other day. You, I didn't even see Now You See Me Too, but I just heard it was terrible, so oh, I didn't go see but it. I liked it. But, uh, and there's even tiny little things at Fight Club, too. Like, there's a scene on the phone where the phone, if you look really close, says no outgoing calls or no, no incoming calls, and he answers a call on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things that you have to look at the movie trivia to notice that it's in the tiny <laughs> fine print on the box for half a second and when he's in the doctor's office after one of their first fight club meetings mm. and he says Tyler sometimes talks for me it, at the time I was like oh yeah he's in a cult that makes sense <laughs> yeah yes hmm. so I'll, I'll just quick try to do a quick run through for my point this is one of my favorite films of all time I knew the ending before I saw the movie I saw the last five minutes before I actually Aww. watched the movie all the Aww. way through which, which was kind that's of disappointing sad. but that's a testament to the quality of the movie if I can know the ending of a movie and still love it after that who told you that it was okay to watch the last five no minutes? it was on it was on TV randomly one day oh, and Aww, I saw it on TV Aww. but this movie has a fantastic soundtrack by the I think it's Where's the the mind. Dust Brothers, the d- and Dust it Brothers. ends with the Pixies. Yeah. One of the most fantastic endings with a track that I've ever seen in all of <laughs> cinema. And for this movie, this, this whole movie is just director David Pinter's playground. He is really playing with 
everything in this movie. Just visual cues in the film, how he's setting things up. You know, every little thing he does as a director in this movie, and he's a perfectionist as a director, ends up coming off, like, perfectly well executed. And this is one of those first movies that's really had an, a very distinct anti-society anarchist message and been really widely received. And this is Brad Pitt's finest performance, and we will never get another Brad Pitt performance this good. I'm still hoping. It's, it's done. I'll shattered every it's done. time I see a Brad Pitt movie, <laughs> nope, but I'm done. still hoping. He can uh, turn in le- neat little roles in the big short, but he can't. Quick question, um, which isn't really, a, I guess, about the quality of the movie, because I think it's a great movie. Do you think the movie could be made now after 9-11? Do you think this movie would ever exist? Yes. You do? Uh, okay, because I, I that, that was one thought. That, yes. Well, if you think about it, too, this movie came was made right before Columbine happened. Okay, which and is... The, the original scene in The Office where he jokes, or it's kind of like a... It was supposed to be a joke about the shooting. Yeah. Like, shooting up an office with an assault rifle. That was done before Columbine, and there were audiences that were screened for that that laughed at it. And then after Columbine, it just became really dark. Yeah. And so I think there's been enough... Strife. I still laugh. Well, yeah, you can still laugh. That's well, that's dude, fine. But the majority of people might not. But I'm a horrible person. But so. you're you're terrible. No, I, I know I know a lot of people who laugh at this movie and who think it's a great comedy. I don't really. I don't. I don't laugh at it. I mean, it's a great movie, great performances, great narrative, and everything. But I don't think it's funny. It's too dark for my liking. There's humor in it. it. It's not. It's not a comedy. But. There are there is there is a distinct element of humor that is very different from what you would see in most movies. It's a very dark humor. I guarantee that they could make a, a sequel after. Well, n- after not just no, 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 a movie. Uh, a movie in this style, I think, is what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, no, they like, can totally do it. I don't think they could. Um, I don't think it could be nearly what it was. They wouldn't. They'd have to pull their punches. They were straight up terrorists. They blew they up se- several buildings, and there was no one in them, but... Be, even now, I, I'm kind of derailing this, the conversation a little bit here, but for a movie like V for Vendetta, that came out and bombed here, and still it's still kind showed of... showed in China, too, and uncut. V for Vendetta? Really? Yep. Oh, that's okay. Interesting. Yeah, I know, right? I, I also, a quick thing, a Brad Pitt Moneyball performance, I think, was yeah. good, so... This was still better. Well, this is yeah. better, way, but I think... Way more yeah. energy and really visceral as a performance. A very um, rare thing to see. Overall, I love this movie. Uh, it's not my favorite David Fincher movie, but it's... What is just Where, where would you rate it out of his films? Probably number two. Seven. Seven is... Okay. Seven's my oh, first Oh, I, I would put Social John Network above. Social Network. Well, I, I, I would definitely need to go and think... I, I Social Network I love. I made my friends... It was my freshman year in uh, college. I made my friends drive me to the Hudson Theater because I didn't have a car. And they were so upset with me that I made them take <laughs> them. hated me, too, when we saw that movie. Because <laughs> we, we drove to the, the first yeah, showing. like it. Yeah. Shout out to you, bro. Well, both Alex is in like it. Alex Fields also like, saw it. It was and dumb. It. <laughs> no, I, 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 I love... I love the social network. I would need to go back and take a look at that film. Ooh, yeah. Awesome. Jesse Eisenberg, fantastic casting because Mark oh, yeah. Zuckerberg is an awkward dude. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to add social network to my two throwback no. reviews, but we don't no. need to do too much venture. So. No. All right, Megan, uh, we'll go to you for thoughts and then we'll all conclude with Nick. I don't have a whole lot to add. Um, I kind of figured Andy and Tyler were going to take most of. What is there? Like, you We're know, what veterans. is to be said about the <laughs> For those of you who voted, I'm sure you noticed I didn't make a submission because Tyler already put mine in. <laughs> what? It's okay. <laughs> um, 
Stella. But really, if you if you haven't well, seen Fight Club, oh, you need to Nick put it in. Okay, so Fight Club is in my top ten favorite movies of all time, and one of the biggest reasons why is because I feel like the film has one of the greatest rewatch values. And when I mm-hmm. mean rewatch, I mean how many times you can keep rewatching the movie and still find it both enjoyable and like where you can still gain something from the experience still um in this movie like we just discussed like those little things that i've never picked up on before and i've seen it probably 10 times every single time you see this movie you discover like a new theme a new awesome quote or a new little detail or hint that you didn't pick up before a new between frames yeah right i knew <laughs> i mean one of the other times you might have blinked and you might have missed it but you saw it um so it just has this incredible rewatch value that's just fantastic and along with what the other people have said uh the acting's phenomenal edward norton uh, after leo has won his oscar edward norton is right up there with gary oldman of people who need to win an oscar because they both need that's to win an oscar contest they, it is, but they both need one. They just need the right role. Um, oh, yeah. And then David Venture, obviously incredible, one of the best directors in modern day cinema. And the Academy has snubbed him every step of the way. Yes, because <laughs> yes, the Academy is awful. Yep. I still watch the Oscars every year, but screw you, Academy. Yes. So, yeah, this movie is just fantastic. It honestly has every factor that makes a movie great humor action comedy meatloaf <laughs> meatloaf it has meatloaf with food yes <laughs> uh but it's just a great movie if you haven't seen it you need to watch it and i know that it's not everybody's cup of tea but even if you just watch it from kind of like a critical standpoint and just admire the beauty of the film from like a cinematic point of view, uh, you should enjoy it. No, I, once again, I, I agree with everything. It's not that I don't like this movie. It's just, it's really not my kind of movie. It's a great movie. It's just one that I might not. It has romance in it though. There, it's not his type of romance. It's not. Oh, <laughs> we, 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 we've been over romance movies. Yeah, this is not my kind of romance. Um, and I th- the film's unfortunately dated. Um, while I love the Brad, Kitt, Brad Pitt uh, can slice things into the movie throughout the movie, that joke doesn't hold up anymore because nobody knows what a project- projectionist is anymore because we don't do <laughs> projectionist things. I mean, the movie's dated. I know, a but... Job that's I, dated. I, I, well, no, but are a little dated in it. A little bit, but... You'll have that though. We still have Starbucks. But what? We'll be we'll yeah. be showing that to our kids, and they'll <laughs> when they're like, old enough. <laughs> no way! You will show it to them right away. First movie that they see. You see, in this scene, they shot this with the Matrix cameras. That's how they get the crazy and 3D. The kid will be like, "How is he splicing?" into that movie. What does that even mean? <laughs> oh, dear. Does anyone have any final thoughts here quick to wrap see up it. Fight Club? If you haven't seen see it. it. Fantastic movie. Buy it. You can get the Blu-ray for like five bucks. Five, bucks. five, bucks. five, bucks. five to ten bucks. I know. I think we have it at Target for around and eight. Don't be alarmed. <laughs> it is Fight Club. It's not never been kissed. Yeah, don't, don't do what I did and wanted to call them and be like, <laughs> what's going on? I can see John waiting on the phone for David Fincher. <laughs> <laughs> No, I want to talk to David Fincher. We're going to move on. We have uh, everyone's going to nominate two more films to go up in the poll. We're going to be doing. You don't have to. Okay, well, you can quickly do it. I will think. You guys just go first. Okay, uh, I'll go quick with mine. Really quick. Uh, 
go off with both of them. Um, I had two different films until Sunday, and then after Anton Yelchin's passing away, I chose two films that he has performances in. I picked uh, 2009's Star Trek. It's a great film. It's the first Star Trek film I saw. It made me a fan of Trek, so I, I love that film. It's a lot of fun. And then the second film is Charlie Bartlett, which... One of the films that made Robert Downey Jr. relevant again came out before Iron Man, and it's a great performance from Robert Downey Jr. and Tanya Elchin and Kat Dennings. If anyone watches Two Broke Girls, uh, she's on that. So great movie there too. Well, well, yeah, but she's not that great there. <laughs> she's Kat Dennings there. That's, that's same thing. Uh, my two were Kings of Summer, just because I really like it. I haven't had a reason to watch it in With a while. The Paul Rudd? No. no Kings of Summer, it was 2013, 2012. Do you remember the press screening you and I went to? Okay, well, we went to the press screening for that movie. We were the only two. Uh, it was well, like, there was about 12 people in a giant... Giant for a press together. screening that was free. Um, but it's a, it's a coming-of-age movie that... Just it's really it's really simple, but it's a good movie. Uh, my second one is Born Ultimatum, just because Ooh. it is the week that we will be reviewing Jason Bourne. Is so that the first one. That is the third one. I so you have seen to watch. The first two. So you have to watch the first two to watch the <laughs> third Megan, one. This is too much work for me. Three wow. birds with one wow. stone. That was the plan. Bold move. I don't know. It's a bold move, Kyle. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> What's that your movie's name? That won't be mine. Come on, Nick. Uh, so I have two. The first one is the ninth highest rated movie on IMDb. It also has a 97% in Rotten Tomatoes. It is my all-time favorite Western, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Um, it is Which a fantastic movie. Um, it is obviously the good or the bad. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> definitely the ugly. <laughs> <laughs> First time he's heard that in his yeah. life. I want to paint a mental picture for our viewers of Nick. <laughs> um, but it's just a fantastic movie. I grew up watching this with my dad. It's such a great Western. Uh, Clint Eastwood is the ideal cowboy. He's so good. Um, this movie is fantastic. John it has Wayne. He's up there with John Wayne for the best for the best cowboy. The cinematography is fantastic. The action is fantastic. The the sounds, the sound effects and also the songs and the soundtrack is just fantastic. Um, it's a 3-hour and 6-minute m- movie. It's long, Investment. but it is worth it. It is a story. It is an experience. Um, so it's just a fantastic movie. And then to counter that, I want to spice things up and do one of the worst movies ever made in Jack and Jill. Oh, I feel I it would be God. fun. Does anyone actually own this movie? <laughs> no, John, I don't. I don't own it. John, Nick, I make. I it, don't own it now. Make this non-anonymous <laughs> so we can find the people that vote for Jack and Jill and break their legs. <laughs> I just want to rip into this movie. I've been thinking about writing a review for this movie, and I just want to destroy it because it is garbage. If you want it to is hear so Nick bad. Eviscerate Adam Sandler. I do. Vote for Jack and Jill. I do. So yeah, those are my two. I have a r- with a plastic <laughs> spoon. Vote for Jack and Jill. So I got a great movie, and then I got possibly the worst movie ever made, other than the Ridiculous Six. Another Adam Sandler movie. All right, I'm gonna go with two classics actually. 
Ooh. One, The Godfather, and two, Casablanca. Just because I think it'd be really fun to review two of oh. the greatest American films of all time. Well, I've been talking with Andy about Japan all day, and so I got Japan on the brain. So I'm going to pick an American film first <laughs> in uh, Pacific Rim, which Woo! pretty much takes place in Japan. And Pacific Rim probably <laughs> has the most... proxy? Yeah. Basically, it's it, giant it, robots and giant monsters. Yeah, it's, it's essentially if we made a Japanese movie, <laughs> but in our style. And it's directed by Del Toro, and it's definitely one of my favorite popcorn blockbusters. I've had to defend this movie to my dying breath against those who wish to tarnish it. <laughs> and I, I do adore this movie. It's one of those really fun movies. This would finally give me that push to and actually see it. have to finally <laughs> watch it now. I've wanted to see it, I just keep forgetting. Honestly, yeah. I'm sorry. If you, just, if you just throw some more screaming and some tentacles in that movie, it's just it's just Japan. Yes. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> Japan, we love you, but we need to, we need to take oh parts of your culture and oh make it socially my. acceptable. But uh, my other film is 1987's Akira. Oh. Considered oh. one of the greatest animated fi- anime films of all time and also pretty much the predecessor to most popular anime shows and movies that came after. It was the first main introduction to anime in the West. So us. Fist of the North Star, actually, I, I would say. Well, uh, Akira was the first one to get in, like super popular. Like I remember when I was growing up, we cleaned an office building with, for my with my parents, and there was one coworker that just had an Akira poster on, on his desk, and I never knew what it meant until I finally found a copy of the movie, and I was like, oh, now it makes sense. If anyone knows who's right, comment a hashtag Akira or hashtag Fist of the North Star. Let's let's fight. But no, uh, my, my choice is Akira. I've seen it many times, and I adore the movie. So Akira and Pacific Rim. Once again, nobody at this table can vote for their own film. What? We'll keep the poll open for a month. It'll be up tonight, and we'll keep that up for a month. So Get your friends to vote. I, I apologize. Friends, family, what friends? acquaintances, find people on the streets. <laughs> I do not endorse that. Yeah, just lo- lo- go on no. your Facebook. And, go uh, to the go main to street poll. of your town with an iPad <laughs> and tell people to vote. Pick one. Um, I'm doing a research. Please. Yeah, um, you, you, you won't be able to do that. But it's anyway, for a project. Again, I need extra credit. Yeah, John. And then we'll get more followers on our page, John. All right, we are going to be moving on here to our top five. We're going to play a clip here from Finding Dory, and then moving into our top five Pixar moments. I suffer from short-term memory loss. Yes! That's exactly what you say. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll pretend to be the other kids now. <clears throat> Hi, Dory! Ahoy there! <laughs> Do you want to play hide-and-seek? Okay. <laughs> we'll hide, and you count and come find us. Okay, Daddy. No, no, not Daddy. I'm the nice fish who wants to be your friend. Okay? Okay, Daddy. No. I'm hiding! Now count to ten. One, two, three, um, four, um, I like sand. Sand is squishy. <laughs> Mommy, can I go play with them? Dory, 
Sorry. All right, so we're back now with our top five Pixar moments. I had no rules. Did anybody have rules for making their list? No I rules. No. Wally. I, I, pick, <laughs> I picked John, all DreamWorks movies. You have movies, more than two okay? things from Wally. <laughs> I think he was good and only picked one. I only picked one. I only picked one from Wally. Then I'm worse than you. I picked two from Toy Story. <laughs> I, I didn't know how to define moments, so I picked scenes. I didn't Which know if like, a yeah. moment was like, this character threw something at another character. <laughs> moment. <laughs> you wanted to and could justify it. Sure. Um, yeah, I, didn't, right. I didn't pick any from the short films. I thought about it, but then I thought that could be a whole different list. Yeah, there's too many. They're, Although they're I, just too I short. honestly did seriously consider um, the, the chess game. I, oh, that's a great one. Yeah. Classic. I love you. Oh. It's so sad. So sad. All right. Jonathan, um, number five. My number five is Anton's Epiphany. <laughs> when um, That's from Ratatouille. And when the food critic comes in to the restaurant to eat the Ratatouille, he eats it, and he just has this flashback of when he was a kid and how his mother used to always make him the best Ratatouille and how he realizes that he's he's been too harsh on everybody his entire life because nobody can make the food that he remembers growing up. And the moment that he has that food, it's just everything flashes before his eyes and he realizes what a douche he's been and how he needs to be a better person. And the D word. I really... I <laughs> I say worse constantly. <laughs> I'm a pie mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Go but, in the corner. Um, so we had a two we needed to be on my list at some place. So it got the number five spot with uh, Anton's uh, Epiphany. Uh, my number five is in Toy Story. It is the scene where Buzz realizes he is not a real toy by seeing the commercial oh. of the other Buzz Lightyear toys. And... Uh, He's just so devastated and doesn't want to believe that it's true that he tries to fly off of the railing. And we all know how that ends. Um, but it's just, it's such a, it's such a moment and of realization that I think go everybody goes through in some format that to expose that to kids, like, you don't think that it's going to do anything, but you know, some kid somewhere is like, well, not at the time, but once all their dreams are crushed right. and they're adults. Right, when they rewatch it. Absolutely. Although rewatching None of these it, scenes I would have picked as a, like, if I was watching this at six or seven, I would never pick any of these scenes as a favorite because <laughs> the kids don't get it. One of mine, it's I would. for the adults. Although, the, watching that scene again as an adult, Sid's dad is passed out drunk. Yep. No wonder that kid's so weird. There's a lot of reasons that kid's weird. <laughs> That's only one of them. <laughs> all right, Nick. My number five is in the movie Up, when uh, Carl's reflection of his time with his wife. Mm -hmm. It is a gut wrenching scene. It, like I, I tear up every single time. I can't, I can't control it. It's so emotional. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> My number five is when Sully gets the last piece of Boo's door at the end of Monsters Inc. Mm -hmm. It was such an emotional payoff, and I love Monsters Inc. Um, it just the look on Sully's face when he sees it is just such a well. Okay, when he puts the last piece of the door into the into the door that Mike had completed, and it's such, just such a an act of friendship. Um, and Sully's face when he sees it is just so unbelievably happy and relieved. It's it's wonderful. 
All right, my, my number five is the opening scene from The Incredibles. So in the opening scene of The Incredibles, we have Mr. Krebel on his way to his wedding, and he gets derailed by a crime in progress. And for me, this is one of the best and most fun Pixar moments for setting up your entire plot, because you're not only setting up the, the marriage, which is an important part of The Incredibles, but you're also setting up the villain and you know the characteristics of the su- the superhuman characteristics of the main characters of this movie and i think it's one of the most effective setups for a movie and it does it all in like 10 minutes it's fairly brief and it's mm-hmm. very very effective it really is one of the best opening intros to any animated film and almost it's just a, yeah it, like you said it really is just a it's a opening. better Fantastic Four movie than any of the Fantastic Four movies that we have agreed thank you Brad Bird alright Jonathan your number four my number four is going to be my pick from Wally it's the uh, space dance I'm really scene. surprised you didn't go number one with Wally I, I, I'm surprised uh, my number four <laughs> 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 uh, I uh, I love that the animation on that scene is fantastic with Wally there with the uh, fire extinguisher dancing uh, among the stars with Eve is just uh, a fantastic scene to watch. It's very moving. I love the romance between those two, and it, it's definitely one of my favorite movies. So uh, that goes for my number four pick. My number four is also from Wally, but it's the scene where Wally meets Eve. Um, Wally has been alone on planet Earth. Presumably since everyone left it. And he's got this lovely little cricket to keep him company or cockroach, cockroach. whatever they want to call it. And all of a sudden there's another robot that he is basically infatuated with. But there's another thing there for him to become attached to instead of the cockroach and the garbage. So it's just the the finding Eva is just so cute. My number four has already been stated by Megan. Um, Buzz falling down the stairs. It really is such a sad scene when he realizes that he really isn't quote unquote like, yeah, space ranger and like special and different. Um, I mean, he is in different ways, but not in how he, yeah. Buzz is the story of becoming. He really is. Woody is an adult. Buzz is a teenager, yep. and then he becomes an adult once his dreams are shattered and he has just to crushed. To. <laughs> yes, it really is heartbreaking that fall. Mm-hmm. It it gets me. Yep. Um, mine is actually one I would have picked uh, as as a little kid. It is the scene in Finding Nemo, where uh, where they're at the AA meeting for sharks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not food. <laughs> I. Just every time I see it, it puts a smile on my face, no matter what kind of mood I'm in. Uh, it, it, it's just a fun little scene. Um, and the fact that the shark's name is Bruce after the shark in Jaws <laughs> just gives me a little bit of a smile. Uh, any thoughts? They named the shark in Jaws Bruce? Yeah, yeah. the robotic shark. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Function constantly. The shark, just the physical robot they named it. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Nick learned something new I twice did. today. I did. <laughs> wow. Was just successful because yeah, they not even get their school. machinery to work. 
that the only reason for the suspense? We, I'll talk about Jaws at some other point, but that is a great film. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure John knows the answer. But, uh, <laughs> my number four is Finding Nemo. Uh, when Marlon first finds Nemo after traveling the whole ocean to find him, uh, Nemo, I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but Nemo, Nemo appears to be dead. And so Marlon obviously gets incredibly depressed and leaves, and it's Dory that helps Nemo find his way back, I believe. And I thought that was just a really touching moment in a movie and definitely had more of an emotional impact on me than the scene in Finding Dory had. Mm-hmm. No, that's my number four. My number three is the first 15 minutes of Up. Uh, the, the I believe it's called the Married Life uh, sequence. Uh, the score is at least called Married Life. And it is... It is a very devastating scene. So, if anyone hasn't seen that, definitely go out and watch the movie up. All right, my number three is Toy Story three. It is the end scene when Andy gives his toys away to Bonnie. I was in, uh, I was going into my last year of college when this movie came out, and I'm sitting in the theater with two of my best friends, and we're all just like in tears for the last half hour, and then this happens, and it just was the end we're done done for so that's it my number three is when mr incredible says to his wife um that he's not strong enough Mm -hmm. um after thinking that his whole family died um and that heartbreak of what he felt he you know was fighting a very strong enemy and uh, he didn't think that he'd be physically and mentally and emotionally strong enough if he had to lose his family again. Um, but then his wife is there being supportive again and saying, well, if we all work together, you won't have to. And it's just a really good conclusion to um, that movie and its uh, marital kind of aspect to it. Um, it really does portray marriage in a very realistic and adult-like fashion. And... Uh, that line, I think, is just so powerful, and it just summarizes that whole aspect very well. Um, my number three is the is the beginning scene of Up. Uh, we already loves it. Yeah, we already talked about it, so we can skip past. All right, my number three. I picked a more entertaining scene for this one, but uh, the roller the I call it the roller coaster door scene in Monsters Incorporated, mm-hmm. where they're all kind of uh, it's Randall chasing down Sully on the the many, many doors in the factory where they work. And for me personally, that was a really entertaining scene. I think it was probably incredibly difficult to pull that off just in terms of animation. And that's my number three. My number two comes from my favorite film from last year, Inside Out. That is going to be Bing Bong's Sacrifice. When Joy's trying to get... Um, it's kind of funny to say the name. <laughs> Bing Bong... When uh, he's trying to, when they're trying to go rescue Riley, and Bing Bong realizes that he has to give himself up so Riley can uh, be happy again. So it's a very touching scene, and flyer to the moon for me is just gut wrenching moment. My number two is also from Inside Out. Um, it is actually the moment when sadness explains to Joy that sadness can help make Riley happy um, when she has her mixed emotions. Uh, and as she's growing older, she's going to have more mixed emotions. And just because it looks like it's sad at the moment, there's going to be her friends come in. Something else can happen that can make the, the whole thing turn around. Um, so sadness is not useless and does not deserve to be shoved in the corner like Joy thinks that she should be. 
And my number two is a combination of that scene and then the Bing Bong scene. Um, but especially when the Riley gets sad, um, it really shows depression and uh, dealing with complex emotions very well. That it is okay to feel sad. It is okay. You don't have to be happy all the time. If life's really, really getting you down, it is okay to be sad. And yeah, like like you just said, um, sometimes happiness really does come from the saddest moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that scene really shows kids a very a very easy to understand scene that they will be able to relate to and it just works fantastic it is both very emotional for kids and extremely emotional for adults as well and especially the bing bong scene also that scene just wrecked me couldn't handle it uh my number two is the uh you've got a friend in me montage in the original toy story i i absolutely love toy story it's it's got a special place in my heart, um, and I remember watching it again when I was like 14 or 15, and that montage came on, and I was smiling and crying at the same time because I, I hadn't watched the movie since I was probably six, and it's just it's amazing. And every time I hear that uh, song, I just I just get so happy. Getting a little emotional just thinking about it right now. I know. Uh, my number two was one that I think John had for his number five. It's the end scene of Ratatouille uh, with the critic Anton. And I just really, for some reason, I really love Ratatouille more than most other Pixar films. And I just thought the ending brought together perfectly, not just him eating the meal and having the epiphany, but also just the closing and having the the idea that rat and people, like a rat and a person can work together to make something good. And yeah. <laughs> He's a rat. Well, there there are multiple rats, but yeah. You're a rat. <laughs> Dirty little rat. My number one has been mentioned already. It is that mixed emotion scene from Inside Out. Uh, incredibly moving scene, and I love that movie. The, that caps off a perfect movie for me. So the mixed emotion scene is my number one. Uh, my number one we've all talked about now, um, except for Tyler. Uh, is the opening love story from Up. It is a complete love story in a matter of minutes, and it's absolutely heart-wrenching. And Feels. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have trilogies of movies that attempt to tell love stories and don't even manage an ounce of what these animators and storytellers managed in minutes without any dialogue. It's absolutely fantastic. If Pixar only did shorts, they'd oh. still be successful. <laughs> yeah, they would. Yeah. Uh, my number one has already been said, but it is when Andy gives away his toys. I look at my Woody, my little Woody, and... Uh, Raising. Yeah. <laughs> when I look at like my action figures and my toys and thinking about like separating myself from those, uh, it does get sad. I mean, obviously, I don't use them anymore, but it's... I can't, I'm sorry. Um, it, <laughs> he can't do it. Really, it really is. Giggles. Yeah, it he's, really is he's sad. He's crying, not laughing. I'm not crying. I will say <laughs> but that it, one of my friends said the exact same thing. When we, right. The, the it's emotional because it's like you have this emotional tie to these these uh, action figures, dolls, or whatever they may be. And to think about like separating and like giving them away, it's just very emotional. I think that that's something that almost everybody can relate to. I mean, everybody had like a favorite toy going growing up and it's just a really heart-wrenching scene and it's yeah it's fantastic um well my number one i decided was actually my number two 
Um, it's it's the end of it's the end of Toy Story three as well. Um, but I decided my number two is actually my number one as I was talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Making things complicated. Um, well, I, I like right away the end of Toy Story three like popped into my head. It's okay. Um, and yeah, it was. I don't cry easily at movies, and Toy Story has me twice. It's gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's Nick already summed it up, so I'll. I'll be quiet. <laughs> I also had a Woody though, Nick. <laughs> I I feel like I, I picked the, the least emotional scene out of all of you, but I from my, my number one was from Toy Story. It was the end car chase scene. I just remember being that being one of the most really the most mm-hmm. uplifting scenes in a movie that is actually fairly dark mm-hmm. for the most part. But uh, then then car chase scene I think is just fantastic, and uh, that is my number one. Right, uh, we're not going to have much time today for honorable mentions, so if you guys don't mind, we're just going to move on to the closing notes. If you have any uh, comments, concerns, you can put them on the Filmology Facebook page or uh, follower of film for Tyler and for the Average Men Review for Nick. Uh, next week's show, we're going to be taking a look at independent. <laughs> Uh, next week's show, we're taking a look at Independence Day, Resurgence, Free State of Jones, and possibly the Neon Demon. That one's a big question mark right now. Top five next week is going to be top five alien invasion films. So we'll have that and possibly some bonus content from Tyler talking about Night of Cups. <laughs> I was hoping to do a, a team review, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, that's a lot. That's a lot. No job. I, I gotta, I, I'm going to buy it tomorrow. So other movies coming out tomorrow. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this has been Filmology. I am Johnny Jean. Today I've been joined with Megan Hampson, Sharkbait, Nick, and the Average Man Review, Andy Tiedemann, Tyler Ruza, and Follower of Film. And enjoy your weekend film, guys. Watch, Bye. Hey, Watch movies, guys. Goodbye. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming.